This morning, if you'll look there with me, the Gospel of John, the ninth chapter. Amen. Chosen a theme for 2024. We've got work to do. That's our theme. We've got work to do. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. John chapter 9. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. His disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but the works of God should be made, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and came seeing. And neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go, to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and received sight. Then they said unto him, Where is he? And he said, I know not. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. It was Sabbath. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes. And I washed and do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. And they say unto the blind man again, What sayest thou of him that he hath opened thine eyes? He said, He is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son, who's, who you say was born blind? How then doth he see now? His parents answered him and said, We know this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or what hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him, he shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise, and we know that this man is a sinner. 
He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no. This is the famous response of the blind man. Whether he's a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, but now I see. Praise God. Amen. This blind man didn't know the doctrine. He didn't know the acceptable protocol. He didn't know what the Jews expected or didn't expect. He didn't know any of those things that seemed to be so important that day. All he knew is that he was born blind. He had never seen a sunset. He had never seen anything, never seen anybody's face. But today, he can see. This is the greatest day of this man's life. That things are so turned around for him now that, um, that now he can see. Praise God. Amen. So Jesus is talking about the works that I work. The, that uh, I'm sent to do. The works that I am called uh, to do. And the example is given here of this man born blind. Now we're, we're closing out 2023. We're moving into a brand new year. And I, I think we need uh, just a, a reminder that as the church and as believers, we have a job to do and our time is short. Our time is short. And um, so we are, we are Christians, but not just Christians in name or, or in uh, profession, but we're Christians with a, a calling. We're Christians with a purpose. We're Christians with a work that needs to be done. We need, I think, to be reminded that there, are, there is a work to do, and if we don't do it, it won't get done. If we don't fulfill what we have been called to do, then that job is not going to get done. So when Jesus said, the works, I must work the works. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. I think we all understand that we are to fall in step with this same calling that we are called to work the works, to be engaged, to be uh, employed, to be occupied in the things that are most important to the Lord. The works that he, he accomplished were those supernatural works, were those transformational works that only Jesus, the Son of God, could do. And that's the work that we are to be involved in ourselves. Amen. So we have, we have a divine assignment for 2024. And that assignment is to, um, to see people like Jesus saw them. Jesus passed by and he saw a man which was blind from his birth. This man really represents all of mankind because we were born in our sin. And uh, <clears throat> because of that, uh, that uh, condition, we need a Savior, we need a hope, and there's only one hope, and that hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And even as Jesus was sent, you and I are also sent into a lost, blind world that needs a Savior. Amen. 
and we need to be able to see them. Interesting to me that he couldn't see Jesus, but Jesus saw him. Amen. Jesus saw him. So today is a reminder, the work that we are called to do. We've got work to do, folks, because there are people in our lives, people that are within our reach, people that you're connected to, that I'm connected to. This year, 2024, we will have opportunities. We will have people within our reach. And uh, it won't be by some coincidence but it will be divinely arranged by God, uh, appointments and opportunities that God gives to us. And he's called us to work the works that he's called us to do. Amen. We've got some work to do this year. We've got work to do. And uh, to, to, to be reminded of the fact that uh, this man is a picture of all of mankind and people are born with a sinful nature. They can't help themselves. They can't see the way to God. They can't see what's important. The world's priorities are so messed up. They can't see what's really important. All of men are born in their sin and they need a savior. They need Jesus is the only one that can open their spiritual eyes to help them to see. Amen. Now, if you don't believe that we all have a sin nature, then you haven't been around little children and little babies very much at all. Because it doesn't take very long. A little baby is born in its innocence, and it seems so sweet and innocent until it grows up just a little bit. It doesn't have to be very old. And that baby learns his first word, and it's no. And uh, uh, that baby becomes uh, uh, determined and uh, self-willed. And it's only the parents that God uses in that child's life uh, uh, to, to bring that under submission and under control. And eventually they can come to the place that they can understand what is right and what is wrong. But they're born with that Adamic sinful nature. Amen. Amen. You remember just a few weeks ago, I told you about precious little Erica, our oldest, and how that she came into the room. And she was just a little toddler, slapped my hands with, a, with a, a ruler. She hit me on the hand with a ruler. And I mean, she really hit me. And so I don't know if it was me or Marsha, one that said, you need to, you need to say I'm sorry. And she couldn't talk all that much, but she said, I'm not sorry. And uh, so we had a little battle of the wills going on there for a while. Thankfully, we won <laughs> that battle of, uh, of the wills. I remember another time that, uh, and Kara was just a little bitty thing, and we were trying to get her to, to, uh, to settle down and go to bed. And she kept getting up out of her bed and coming back into the living room. And uh, so finally when we, we, we got forceful enough that she was going to have to go back uh, to her bed, she was standing in, the, in an open doorway with not, not a door there, but she was standing in that doorway and she said, if there was a door here, I'd slam it. And my innocent little girl wasn't as innocent as she used to be. 
You don't have to be around little children very long to recognize that they have an, uh, that Adamic, self-willed uh, nature. And uh, just like you had, and I had, and every one of us had, and we need a Savior. We need the Lord in our lives desperately. The Bible talks about 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not. They can't hear or see the light of the glorious gospel. They can't even comprehend it or understand their need for a Savior until the light is turned on. The light of the gospel, the light of truth to cause them to see that they are in need of a Savior. We certainly don't want to be in the category of all of these religious leaders uh, in this text here. And uh, they thought the Sabbath was more important than this man's healing. They thought their religious rules were more important than the opening of this blind man's eyes. But there has to be a priority in our life, folks. We've got work to do. People are lost. People are desperate. They're turned, they have nowhere to turn. And you see it everywhere. Young people, middle-aged people, older people, such a sense of hopelessness and desperation in the lives of people. And Jesus saw this blind man. Praise God. I just pray that in 2024 that our eyes will be open to see all around us people that need Jesus. To understand that they all need the Lord. That everyone needs the gospel. Last year, uh, Queen Elizabeth passed away. I think she was 97 or something like that. She was greatly admired in England and around the world. And, uh, but she had lived a privileged life, obviously. There was always someone bowing to her or handing, bringing things to her she was taken care of. And she lived a very privileged life. But you know that when Queen Elizabeth died, she stood before God just like the most impoverished person in some slum in India. or uh, in it, She was the same as anyone in need of a Savior. She stood before God just like anyone. She was no longer the queen. She was just a person standing before God just like anyone else because Everyone, everyone needs the gospel. Everyone needs a savior. Everyone is guilty. Everyone is lost and hopeless and in need of a savior. And will one day stand before God and give an account of themselves. And the only way that they can be found in right relationship with God is if they put their faith and their trust in the Lord and we have a responsibility to carry the gospel to people. I encourage you, and I've done this many times, but I encourage you uh, today, December 31st, this day, to make a list. When you go home this afternoon, make a list. Make a prayer list of a numbers of people that, that you know of that need God in their life, that need to be saved. Or if it's a backslider, someone that's straight away from the Lord and you want to see them get back in right relationship with God, make a list today. 
and began to focus on on those people and begin to pray for them every day throughout this year, 2024. We've got work to do, folks. And we cannot get it done unless we uh, call upon the Lord and see the supernatural works of God. I must work the works of Him that sent me. I must work the works. I must be occupied with the works. Two different words there in that text uh, from the original the second word, the works of God, de- is, it deals with the, the, uh, the supernatural. It deals with the, the, the mighty power of God, His working, His moving, His supernatural work in our uh, behalf. Praise God that God can transform lives. Amen. Amen. He can transform lives. And we put our trust in the Lord today, but it's only going to be through the power of prayer. I put this in the bulletin a week or two ago, if I can find my notes here, somewhere. This was, this was a quote from Oswald J. Smith, who was that famous missionary pastor from Toronto. And uh, when I say missionary pastor, he was a pastor that wanted to go to the mission field but every time he would travel to the mission field, he got sick and wasn't able to do it. And so he came back to Toronto and there started the People's Church. I think it was in the early 1920s. And he decided, if I can't go to the field, then I'm going to be a missionary pastor. And the Lord used him to, uh, to, to bless and to encourage missionaries all over the world. He ra- raised uh, uh, millions of dollars for missionary support in his lifetime, in his ministry. And he's wrote a number of books, which are all tremendous books. I've got most of them in my, my library. But here's this quote from, from Oswald J. Smith. Conversion is the operation of the Holy Spirit. He's just saying, people are not going to get saved except by the Holy Spirit. And he says, and prayer is the power that secures that operation. You want the Holy Spirit to deal with the lost and to convict the lost it's going to, get to happen only as we pray for the lost. Prayer is the power that activates it, that secures this operation. Souls are not saved by man, but by God. And since he works in answer to prayer, we have no choice but to follow the, the divine plan. Prayer moves the arm that moves the world. Amen. Make a prayer list today. Amen. Make a prayer list and write down the names of those that the Lord uh, puts on your heart and begin to pray every day in 2024. And if you really pray, prayer is work too. We've got work to do in in reaching out to those that are in their sin. Amen. Working the works is praying to see God do the supernatural And conversion is a miracle. Amen. We have experienced it this year in our family in such an amazing way. As uh, uh, many of you have witnessed the testimony of Zach and how the Lord has turned his life around. And we stand amazed at the supernatural power of God. Another uh, another, uh, evidence of this is in our granddaughter, Emma. We were able to spend this week with her in 
such a joy to talk to a young lady who has her heart after God. Every bit of her conversation was completely consumed with the things of God. And I was like, wow, this is a transformation that's taken place. I, I told you that while they were stationed in England, that she was influenced by a lot of secular thinking and even questioning if the Bible was true or if even God existed. And, uh, but God has done such a transforming work in her life. And she is talking to us. And uh, she would come into the room and sit down and say, well, Papa, what about this? What about this? And she would go to another passage of Scripture. And, and, uh, uh, and so I would do my best to, you know, to come up with the right response to her, the right answer to her. And then she would get her phone out and she would make notes of this. Okay, okay, she said. Okay, okay, I've got that. And then she'd move on to the next question. She's like a little bird with her, with the, you know, waiting for the next bit of food to be dropped in her mouth. Praise God. Amen. That's what God can do. That's the transforming work of the Spirit of God that takes place when we pray for the lost and when we are used of the Lord uh, to not only pray for them, but to share the gospel with them to see. I must work the works. I must work and see God do the works, the supernatural work. Amen. Conversion is a work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A lot of times we think about those we're concerned about that are unsaved and we just, you know, we just like to wring their neck because they're just doing stupid stuff and doing things that just getting them deeper and deeper into their, into their, their uh, sinful ways. And, and, but no amount of coercing, no amount of trying to convince them, no amount of bugging them and all the things that we do naturally in the flesh, none of that's going to work. But I want you to know we have, a, we have the, the, the avenue and uh, the power of prayer that we can pray for them and God is going to supernaturally work in their life. The Spirit of God is going to come on them and convict them. The Spirit of God is going to woo them and deal with them and speak to them and cause them to sense their need for the things of God. It's supernatural. It's amazing. It's a miracle. The work of conversion is a miracle. And we believe that God can do that in 2024 for numerous people. Numerous people. Make a list. <laughs> Amen. We've got work to do in this coming year. And... Uh, uh, those that are lost, they have no ability to comprehend the gospel. They have no ability to understand that they need, any, need God in their life. Most in the world uh, today, if you talk to them about the Lord, they're going to look like, at you like you've lost your mind, that you're some religious fanatic, you're crazy, uh, because they're, they're just not going to believe that that's even important at all, except for the working of the Spirit, except for the moving of the Spirit, except for the convicting work of the Spirit that comes as a result of our prayers, of our crying out to God, our believing God. And there's a work that can be done and will be done in the lives of people so that when the gospel is presented, it hits the target. 
It makes the, it makes the impact. It penetrates their heart. To, and their eyes are open just like this blind man that day that Jesus saw him. And he made a little uh, with spittle and clay and placed it upon his eyes. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? God opens his eyes in strange and amazing ways. Amen. So another thing that we do is we, we tend to think of people coming to the Lord, and we already have this preconceived way that's going to happen. It's in our mind, Lord, save them and do it like this. But God works in strange and amazing ways, doesn't he? He uses people that you could never, ever believe that he could use. He works in circumstances, sometimes adverse problems, circumstances. I mean, how could you ever believe that God can move uh, through jail time or through rehab time or through all kinds of different circumstances? How can God move in the middle of all the mess of our lives, our troubles, our problems, our addictions, all of the, how could God ever move in the middle of all of that? Oh, but he can, he can. Praise God. And he can open the blind eyes and cause them to see, oh, I do need a Savior. I am lost. I do need help from God. I can't make it on my own. I do need the Lord in my life. Folks, we have a lot of work to do. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Notice that there is a must in this text also. I must, I must work the works of him. It's an interesting word because it means something that is binding, something that is an imperative, something that's an essential, something that's compulsory for all of us as Christians and believers. There has to be this must that's in our spirit. There has to be this understanding that that if I don't fulfill my calling and my purpose, people are going to be lost for all of eternity. It's not just the preacher. It's every one of us here in this place. If you're born again, if you're a child of God, you must have the, uh, the, the, the must in your life. Amen. And for me, there can't be any option. That means that there's this focus and this, there's this intensity in your heart that you are completely consumed with this and the thoughts and the desires to see people come into the kingdom of God. There is a must in this text. Amen. And there has to be a must in your heart and in your life as well. There's also a scent in this text. I must work the works of him that sent me. We have been commissioned, is literally what the word means, we have been commissioned with a specific task, a specific work and mission that we are to accomplish. Amen. Don't miss out on how God might want to use you in this next coming year. Amen. I mentioned Oswald J. Smith. He, he also wrote a book called The Man God Uses. You talk about a, a powerful book. It's powerful. But he lays out a few things here. You want to be used of the Lord in 2024. A man that God uses is a man 
who has but one purpose in life. A man that God uses, a man who, by the, God's grace, has removed every hindrance from his life. A man that God uses is a man who places himself absolutely at God's disposal. A man that God uses is a man who has learned how to prevail in prayer. A man that God uses is a man who is a student of the scriptures. A man that God uses is a man that has a vital living message for the lost. They need Jesus. And that, that message is burning in your heart. A man that God uses is a man of faith who expects results. Expects that God is going to move. A man that God uses is a man who walks in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. These are all from, from Oswald J. Smith's book, A Man That God Uses. You talk about a stirring, stirring thought that God would choose to use you and me. 2024 is a few hours away, and the year can be a year of productivity, of effectiveness, of usefulness, a year that you can accomplish things for the kingdom's sake that you've never dreamed possible, and that you can see people brought into the kingdom of God that you many times have thought they are too hard of a case to be able to reach them, but they're not too hard for God. Hallelujah. He could reach them. So there has to be a must in our thinking and a scent in our text. But notice that he says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. I don't know what 2024 is going to bring. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of upheaval in this year. In the political world, in government, in... Uh, in our, the whole social construct of our country, it looks pretty frightening. It really does. But I'm not going to look at all that. I'm not going to focus on all that. My eyes are going to be on the Lord and upon the promise of God and on the task that's before us. We only have a little window of opportunity that's left before Jesus comes. I don't know if we're going to get through the year 2024 I just know the time is short and we've got to get busy doing the work. We've got some work to do in 2024. And if we don't do it, there are going to be those lost for all of eternity. The night comes when no man can work. Right now we have just a little bit more daylight, just a little bit more opportunity. And so every opportunity that God has given to us we need, to, we need to see it as God-given, God-arranged opportunities. A gift of God, not to be squandered, but to be used for the advancement of the kingdom of God. You understand that time is precious. Open doors are quickly closing. And uh, we must seize the opportunities, seize the moment. Let's take this year, 2024, seriously like never before. And ask the Lord, Lord, use me to do the work you've called me to do. Amen. Praise God. Folks, we've got some work to do in this coming new year. But I believe that it's going to be a wonderful year of opportunity. Praise God. 
Have you ever had a great big job before you? I'm talking about in the physical. And you just think, you look at it and you think, I, this is, this is a, such an overwhelming task. How can I ever get it done? Do you know that uh, the best way to get a hard job done is to just get started? <laughs> just get started on it. If you had a, ever had a big task before you, just roll up your sleeves and get started. And just little by little, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the first week of the new year, the second week of the new year, as you keep pressing and praying and believing, then I believe that we'll experience the wonderful hand of God. Amen. We've got some work to do in 2024, and that's our theme. Amen. So let's get at it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, I just pray that just as you saw this blind man along the side of the road, I know that through our eyes, Lord, you're going to use us to see the lost, to not neglect them, but, Lord, to carry the message of hope to them. And, Lord, and however you choose to work, and whoever you choose to use, Lord, it's all right. We want to see your mighty hand at work over these next coming weeks and months. We know, Lord, the time is short. We have just a short window of opportunity before the soon coming of the Lord. Help us to be busy about the task. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Could you stand with me, everybody?